you're able, please stand with me for the reading of the word. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 15. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Morning, Midway. Good. Happy New Year. How y'all doing this morning? How y'all doing this morning? How many of you stayed up to watch the ball drop? Okay. How many of you stayed up to watch Ohio State lose? That was cruel, wasn't it? Oh boy. Well, the good news is Michigan lost, too. <laughs> well, this is January 1st, 2023. The first of the year is usually a time when people look backwards at the old year, past year and forward to the coming year. It's a time when people make New Year's resolutions. A time when many people will forget about those resolutions by February. It's a time to evaluate what went right in the past year, and what went wrong. A time many people make plans for the coming year, hoping things will be better in the coming year than they were in the past year. I have to say, preparing a message is a real challenge for me. But it's also exciting. It certainly makes me appreciate all the hard work Matthew does each week in spending his time working on the weekly message. I don't know how he does it. Thank you, Matthew, for all you do and all your hard work preparing <clears throat> the message each week. This morning, my message title is An Attitude of the Heart. Yeah, we think about the attitude of the heart. It could be about love. 
But it's not about love today. And it's certainly not about wedding bell love. Okay, but I'm guessing that maybe you guys might know some lucky young lady who received a diamond ring for Christmas. Well, that's exciting. But it's certainly not my message. My message this morning is an attitude of the heart called generosity. In the scriptures, Paul is both thanking the Corinthians for their previous generosity by helping a new church plant in Macedonia and asking them if they might have even more to give. He actually expected the Corinthians to give more. He told the Corinthians that the Macedonians were so excited about helping the Christians in Jerusalem that they were going to give out of their own poverty. Wow, isn't that interesting? They gave out of their own poverty. The Macedonians received help from the Corinthians, and now they want to pay it forward to the young church plant in Jerusalem. We don't know how much they gave. And it really doesn't matter because giving is spreading the good news of the gospel was their attitude of the heart for the Macedonians. Let's look at another example in Luke 21. Ron? As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting in their gifts into the temple treasury. He saw a poor widow putting in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has given more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. So it's not about the amount. It's about the attitude of the heart. Ron, let's look at uh, 20 verses, excuse me, look at 2 Corinthians 2, verses 6 to 9 again. Remember, whosoever sows sparsely will also reap sparsely, and whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you shall give in your heart what you have decided to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. So how does that apply to you and me? Well, I want to give you some examples. Over the years, our congregation has practiced extreme generosity. We have budgeted many thousands of dollars to various things in Mennonite Church USA, and that was reflected in our annual budgets. And we also included money to many local organizations that many of you are associated with. Many people have given, and I might add very generously, to the Compassion Fund for specific needs when unfortunate and maybe even tragic things happen to those in our church family. We can be thankful for that generosity. Paul said in verse 7, Each of you shall give what you have decided in your heart, not <coughs> decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I know each of us has given from the heart. As verse 7 says, God loves a cheerful giver. I look back over the last two years. Midway members gave over $70,000 for the remodeling project. That was in addition to their normal weekly giving. As congregational chair, 
I want to thank you again for your generosity for the remodeling project. As you know, the restrooms really needed to be updated. Again, last year we gave $1,420 to the Ukrainian grandmothers. We help people we don't even know because the grandmothers needed to help due to the awful war that Russia had started. <clears throat> Each year we give our coins to our coins count to dig wells for people who have, who, who have to carry water a long distance because there are no wells close by. In the past, the Educational Endowment Fund was established to help future generations with their college tuition. The gifts given maybe years ago are continuing to help with our educational assistance for our kids today. In ca some cases, long after the givers have passed away, their gifts continue to live on. What a remarkable legacy. But there are many ways to be generous besides giving our money. Genero generally, generosity is included in sharing our time, for example. Many people generously give their time to Midway. Let me give you a few more examples. The trustees, they spend hours fixing and repairing things in the church. Most of the time, no one sees them doing their hard work. Thank you, trustees, both past and present. Our ladies prepare and deliver meals to the sick, and even to, to non-sick, excuse me, even to non-members that are sick. They do sometimes, I guess, to the non-sick too, but no. <laughs> thank you ladies so much. People volunteer to teach the Sunday school classes. Thank you, teachers. People attend to the children while most of us are in the worship service. Thank you, caregivers. Board members give hours to attend meetings and make decisions that affect us all. Thank you, board members. Leadership team members give many hours to discern what's the best course of action for many situations. Thank you, leadership team members, past, present, and future. The church treasurer also spends much of his time with the finances that we have entrusted to him. Thank you, Kevin. Hayes team members and worship leaders, each week, lead us into wonderful songs of worship and praise. Thank you, guys. Ron spends much time each week preparing the slides that are projected on the wall. Thank you, Ron. John Hostetler spends many hours seeding the grass in a cemetery after a funeral. And then he has to water it to keep it looking nice. Thank you, John. Lucille, she spends hours in the library making sure it's pretty and nice and, and effective. Thank you, Lucille. Everyone else, not specifically mentioned, who helped in numerous ways to make Midway so wonderful. Thank you to everybody. Our pastor, he spends 15 to 20 hours a week preparing the message that most of us will probably only remember one point. Thank you, Matthew, so much. But I certainly hope we remember more than one point. And others, like those helping in many ways with God's choice. Thank you for everything you do. By the way, we could use a couple of you generous people to help with God's choice. This is a wonderful ministry. If you attend, I know you'll be blessed. The main point here is to give to Jesus what you can give. I'll say that again. Give to Jesus what you can give. 
God knows you cannot give what you don't have. But he expects you to give from what you do have, whether that be time or talents. Talents like cooking, talents like singing or teaching or labor, whatever. Generosity is not always about money. It's a matter of the heart. Maybe you are not physically able to do some of the things that you used to do 20 years ago. That happens to all of us. Believe me, I know. But maybe you can drive someone to the doctor. You can drive that person to the grocery store or to church. Maybe you can have time to make phone calls or visit the sick or the shut-ins. And, of course, pray. Everyone can pray and should pray. Amen? So... How and where do we learn about generosity? First, look at God's ultimate gift of generosity. He sent Jesus, his son, to save us from our sins. God and Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice for each of us. Thank you, Jesus. What about teaching generosity at home? I think most of us have grown up into families that were very generous. Each family with its own unique story. Each and every story, an awesome example of giving generously from what they have. I believe that we should model generosity to our children and to our grandchildren, explaining to them what generosity is and how to live it out. We can teach them to share their toys, share their food, share their candy. Oh, boy. Now, sharing candy is kind of a hard one for kids, maybe even adults, but maybe it's a good lesson. Try to make it fun by teaching them how to share. Tell and show your children and your, your, your kids and your grandkids that it's good to be generous with whatever they have. Talk to them about giving money and time to the church and why you do both. Talk to them about why it's important to help others, even helping those outside of the church. Or maybe you were on the receiving end of generosity. People helped you in your time of need. We all have our times of need probably all for different reasons. Teach them to volunteer and to help someone. It's not good. It's not always good about getting paid for everything that they do. Another way to learn generosity is by experiencing it firsthand. As many of you know, I belong to the Greenford Ruritan. Ruritan is a service club designed to serve their community by giving back. I'll tell you a story about the fair this year. At the fair, I ride in the cash register. Next to the cash register, we had a big gallon jug that was labeled tip jug. Sitting beside the register, it was called tip jugs, excuse me, it was called tips for scholarships for South Range seniors. I cannot tell you how many people put in their change into that jar. Sometimes a dollar, sometimes five dollars, and sometimes even ten dollars. At a recent breakfast that we had served at the high school, one man came in and purchased two meals. He gave me a $100 bill. I gave him the change. He put every bit of that change into the tip jar and said, this is for your scholarships. All I could say was thank you. I don't know what his story is, but I bet it's awesome. Just maybe. Just maybe when he was a senior, he received one of those Ruritan scholarships. Or maybe he experienced generosity of others when he needed it most. Now it was his turn to give back and to pay it forward. 
So people's generosity is overwhelming, even in non-church settings. Let's look again at verse 7. Maybe. All right. Each of you shall give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Generosity in any form is truly an attitude of the heart. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for generously sending your son Jesus to die for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for generously giving us the ultimate sacrifice of your life by dying such an awful death on the cross, saving us from our sins, gifting us with eternal life with you in heaven. Thank you so very much. Amen.